You're listening to the Nick Ant Podcast, a podcast that dives into the lives and stories of creatives, entrepreneurs, and outdoor enthusiasts. My name is Nick Amp, and I'm a filmmaker and photographer best known for documenting stories in the mountains. We sit down with guests to uncover where they pull inspiration from, dig into their experiences in the outdoor industry, and find a ton of actionable inspiration from their adventures in life. Welcome to episode 10 on the Nick Amp Podcast. We've officially recorded nine whole episodes, and I've had on eight great guests so far. There's definitely been a lot of learning curves running this podcast because I didn't know anything about audio starting this. So I'm I'm sorry if my audio sucked on the first couple. I'm getting the hang of it. But to get to the chase, Lorelai is in the building. Hello. We have some fun stuff to talk about today. We're going to be covering all things Sequoia National Park, whether we like it in the summer better or the winter better. Hiking, photography-wise, just some quick notable facts. If you've never been to Sequoia National Park, it is the home to the largest mountain in the contiguous United States, Mount Whitney, one of the most sought-out after mountains to hike up to because tallest mountain in the lower 48. It's also home to the largest tree by volume in the entire world, may I say, General Sherman it's also home to Morrow Rock. Big old rock might be just as big as Half Dome, but just that lower elevation. Also home to a tree that you can drive to called Tunnel Log. So, Lorelai, how many times would you say that we've been to Sequoia National Park? We've been to Sequoia National Park so many times. I can't even count how many times we've been. It's only like an hour and a half, maybe two hours away from us. So it's like super easy access. And we have two ways to get to it either through like the king's canyon side or he'd drive through visalia but it's like super easy access for us so we go all the time during the summer and the winter so we have a lot of experience with sequoia national park and the question is it better to go in the summer or the winter well personally i like warmer <laughs> conditions i don't do well in the cold so the summer, I like the summer because of the um, being able to do the hikes and it's easier access for the hikes. Um, but if you're looking for views, the winter time's the time to go. Like those trees look beautiful in the snow. The snow is the snow is amazing up there. We recently just went with our friend Jake Fox and Richard. It was Lorelai, me, Jake Fox, and Richard. Jake Fox was on the podcast actually. We wanted to go right after this crazy California snowstorm. Well, I guess the first biggest snowstorm of the season of 2023. And the snow was so packed up that it was above the railings that block you from walking next to some of the close sequoias in the main general Sherman area. So the photos came out amazing because you didn't have those. Well, they're ugly, the railings. So they blocked them. So all it was, I think it was snow and then the largest tree in the world. I got an epic photo of that. Lorelai helped me out with that. What was it like, Lorelai, seeing General Sherman in the winter like that? We've never seen that. No. Yeah, no, that was crazy. The snow was packed super high. It was taller than our cars when we were driving on the road. And, like, when you go to the hikes, you know, like, most of the time you can't see the paths. So you're kind of just making your own paths and exploring. And it's definitely a cool experience getting to get... 
um, closer up to those trees because you can't you can't see and you can't see any paths. You can't see any railings. You really just get to do whatever you want and um, while respecting nature, but like getting up close and seeing how big those trees truly are is awesome. You guys don't know why they have those railings there. People tend to destroy the trees right there by General Sherman, and it's dangerous and destructive sometimes to stand next to the roots because the sequoia roots are shallow. So when you stand by them, there's a potential chance to be ruining their roots, uprooting them, messing up the soil, things like that. And we want to preserve the trees for a longer time coming. One thing that we've made a tradition going to Sequoia in the winter is hiking Tunnel Log. I've seen Tunnel Log. <laughs> Let's see. One, two, three, four or five. I've probably seen it five or six times. I think it's almost more than that. It, yeah, possibly. It's been so many times. And we do it once every winter usually. And you have to hike the road because that road too, Tunnel Log is closed in the winter because it's more narrow. So they don't want to bring those big snow plows i don't even know if they'll fit on those no it's it's sketchy if to drive there in the winter time on that road yeah can't do it so we hiked the road and it's only about two miles of tunnel log yeah it's not bad at all it's pretty flat um depending on how icy and snowy it is you may want spikes or you may want snowshoes just kind of depends on the day but it's a pretty easy hike to tunnel log and it's it's definitely something special to see in the winter time um, with it covered in snow. If you haven't seen it in the wintertime, it's definitely worth the hike, um, especially since it's a pretty easy hike. Go there and see it in the snow because it's a different experience than in the summer. This winter we went a couple of weeks ago and we've never seen that much snow. The snow was literally so high up that you had to drop down into under the tunnel log because there was so much snow. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, so imagine these big snow walls you do a slip and slide down the snow to get in there. That's how much snow there was. And I was a little too scared to walk on tunnel <laughs> tunnel log this last time because the snow was piled up on top. So then it was like a mountain shaped down. So it was more narrow than normally is in the summertime. But Warley, on the other hand, is not afraid <laughs> of walking on narrow parts i guess <laughs> no i just climbed right up and walked across it It was pretty cool the with the snow being packed on it it was like higher up than usual but because of the snow on the ground i guess it technically equaled out but um yeah no it was super cool i i want to take these epic adventure photos but sometimes i get scared <laughs> sometimes i'll send lorelei I'll be I'll be the adventure model. <laughs> so soon they send her out there to go see if it's okay for me to go out there. She's like, all right, Lorelai, tell her, go check it out. If you think I can do it, come back and tell me I can do it. If not, just stay there. <laughs> yeah, half the time I'll stay up there and be like, yeah, I don't know about this one. Um, if it's like a little bit hard for me, I'll usually be like, yeah, he's not going to be able to do this. But most of the time I try to encourage, I try to encourage you to do it because it's a cool experience doing some of that stuff. It's crazy. So we went back on New Year's Eve to go to Sequoia and there was practically no snow up there. Yeah, it was crazy. And actually it started raining. It was weird. New Year's New Year's Eve, it you would expect it to be colder, but it was pretty warm actually and it was raining instead of snowing. That was crazy. We went up Morrow Rock that day for my last sunrise. And usually if you go in the winter, it's really strongly recommended there were spikes going up that. Because it's slick, slick granite rock, but 
literally there was not a single speck of snow on there maybe a tiny bit but nothing that we stepped on really and then literally a week later four weeks of just straight snow coming down yeah, I'm sure right now it's probably a lot more dangerous going up. Yeah, it's probably not. Uh, it's probably not climbable <laughs> at the moment. I haven't. I mean, I haven't seen it, but it gets. To, it can get to the point where it's like, uh, life or death, you know. <laughs> and if you do do it, you should have crampons, ice axe, everything for a winter mountaineering route, just to be safe. Because without it, you're gonna fall down at least three thousand foot drop that you don't want to. You're not going to remember. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. <laughs> so circling back to some of the trails, a lot of the trails are closed in the winter right now. So there's some also road closures because there are some rock falls and they don't want to plow some of the roads because they're so high up in elevation that people might take turns just a little too fast and... Nothing good will come out of that. So right now, Lodgepole Campground is closed. That's where Tokopo Falls is at. It's one of my favorite trails. They'll probably open up that pretty soon, but right now it's closed. I know this one hike I really been wanting to do. It's a peak. We've never done the summertime. It's technically the tallest peak in the western slopes. So if you don't know about the Sierra Nevada Mountains... There's the western side of the mountains, and then there's the eastern side of the mountains. The eastern Sierras are the big mountain crests where you see the big crags, things like that. The western slopes is a lot more forested. While there is peaks, they usually top out around 12,000 feet. And on the eastern side, they will reach over 4,000 feet. So Ulta Peak, I don't know if it's 12,000. I think it's right around 11,000 feet, if I'm not mistaken. In the winter time, I've seen videos of people hiking up it. Our friend Junior, he was going straight up. He'd use an ice axe and things like that. And I personally want to do it, but we would probably have to start at least by 5 a.m. because the days are still short as we're speaking, but time change is changing next week. So potentially we could do technically a winter summit with a longer day, which could be nice. And I know she doesn't want to do it if we can know what time. I'd at least like to do it in the summer first, get the trail down at least. And like winter hiking is fun to a certain extent, but um, when it starts getting too cold and too icy, uh, it slows you down and then it gets kind of dangerous. And I'm like, uh, I want to experience it in the summertime first when it's a little bit easier and more fun for me at least. For those of you who haven't heard my my story of falling down the mountain, I didn't have the correct crampons on. Mine weren't that good. They were exospikes. They were like little cleats. Not even cleats. I don't even know what you call them. They were little Yeah, dots. they were, were kind of weird. And I fell off the mountain. Not because of that. Honestly, I fell off because I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, he took a step back off of the rock. I think we talked about this yeah. in the first podcast. He took a step back off of the rock and started rolling down the hill. My point is... Doing Alta Peak, if anyone wants to do just winter hikes going up mountains, that you have to be careful. And the main things you should have, crampons. I highly recommend investing in actual crampons because there's micro spikes that are small and tiny. And there's the actual crampons that the mountaineers use, and they're probably about like two or three inches long, depending on which ones you get. Then an ice axe to break the ice. 
because I've used trekking poles on the ice going up different mount mountain routes in the winter time and they don't break them because everyone thinks when you go to the snow, it's going to be fluffy and powdery. It's powdery for probably about the first two to three days, potentially. And then after that, it gets cold over and over and over again. So then the ice or the snow turns into ice. So it's just big piles of ice. And if you do it early, early in the morning, it's going to be rock salt. I kid you not. Literally, like it feels like rock. If you were to punch it, you probably wouldn't break through. It's that yeah, that's how it was at Sequoia when we went that yeah. one time. It like we were trying to like punch the snow to see if like if we could make holes in it. We ended up like bruising our knuckles. Like it hurt. It didn't. It didn't budge. Yes. So, be careful hiking in the winter. Summertime in Sequoia is beautiful, but the only thing I don't like about that is that that brings the crowds. Fortunately, I know to go on the lesser known trails but i have that luxury because i live close i get it if you're a first timer you should hit all the main trails oh yeah you want to see the main stuff it's fun but if you go again definitely go on like the longer or lesser known trails because a lot of people think that sequoia all there is to it is general sherman a ton of log more rock it's not that there all is to it you have mount whitney in the back that you can hike to from sequoia you have hamilton lake precipice lake but these these lakes these beautiful places are like at least 15 miles to get there. And if you're not up for that type of crowd chasing, hanging out with everyone, I highly recommend getting on the less beaten trail and taking these longer ones to reach some of the most remote wilderness that California has to offer. Some of the most beautiful lakes. One we just experienced just recently, last May, was Mount Silliman and Silliman Lake. The, the lake was still half frozen, remember? Yeah, no, we, it was like, it was already pretty warm. All the snow in Sequoia, at least, was melted, I think. Um, and it was pretty warm. We, we were pretty warm. And we went on this um, this hike and you kind of, it's it's a very, it's a very like lesser known trail. Um, but we actually met up with some people on that trail. Like halfway through, we saw some other people on it. But it was a super cool trail. I'd definitely something I would do again in the summer because um, it was really fun. It was crazy. So we met this older man. He's probably in his 60s or 70s. Oh, we yeah. probably just started like on the first two, two, three miles. And he said, where are you guys headed to? And I was like, oh, to this lake. And then he said, that's only like 10 miles round trip. Something like that. He was like, that's not long enough. And I was like, well, how long were you hiking for? He's like, oh, I'm going up this peak over there, cross country. It's going to be about 20 miles round trip. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> I can do those hikes. But I mean, at that time. I was just breaking into more of the longer hikes. You, There's no way you should start off with hikes that long. No. But people don't realize that your body can do a lot more in a day than you realize. Not that it's always worth it or fun. For me, I'm a photographer, so I like to, to get the early morning light. So sometimes I have mixed feelings about doing a 20-mile hike. Why am I going to hike that far if I'm not going to get the good pictures? But at the same time, why not do it a day if you can't get the permit, right? Yeah. Now that guy was cool. He was like, he came up behind us, like out of nowhere. He like snuck up on us and we're like, oh, whoa. Oh, yeah. um, and he just like, he straight up passed us I, up. We're like, dang, this guy's moving. My fighting hands up. <laughs> I know. Nick hears any sound and he turns around. He's like, a bear? A bear? Which we actually did see a bear on that trail. I was talking about bear safety on my phone, like recording a video. And literally, I kid you not, literally a minute later, not even a minute, 30 seconds. Yeah, there's a bear right around the corner. 
and it was a big one. Like, yeah. Black bears don't get that big, but this one. Yeah, we, we've seen actually a couple bears in Sequoia, and it's not bad. Like, if you encounter a bear, just stay calm and, like, don't don't move towards it. Don't be stupid. Like, you know, back away, stay calm, don't don't irritate it, um, give it some room. Uh, one time, was it the Tokopo Falls hike that we saw a bear? Yeah. Yeah, uh, with the two cubs? Yeah. Yeah, so we went around this... Uh, we weren't paying attention. Uh, we've kind of learned to pay attention more on trails. Um, but we were on this Tukapa Falls hike, and we were on our way back to our car. And um, the sun was starting to set, and we go around this corner, and all of a sudden we see a bear right there in front of us. It was like probably like this far away from us. It was right there, and um, we like just like freeze and like slowly back up, and we see that it has two cubs, and that ran up the tree, and we were like, oh shoot, we were like. We were super scared because, like, mama bears are protective over their cubs. If you see something like that, back away. Stay calm, but back away. That's what we did. We stayed calm, slowly backed away, wait for the mama and the cubs to get off the trail, and everything ended up being okay. But that was definitely a scary moment, being right there next to a bear. The good thing about Sequoia is that the bears aren't, I mean, they're active, but they're not as active because... They're really strict about leaving food out. If you go to a place like Tahoe, you'll see bears every single morning eating out of the trash cans, which is a little scary because I don't want to encounter those bears on the trails in Tahoe's as much as I would encounter the bears right here in Sequoia because they're still afraid of people in Sequoia because they're not as exposed to the food. Yeah, the more food you reveal to bears, the more aggressive they get because they realize, oh, that person has my food. So they're going to go after you. If they've been fed after a certain amount of times, they're going to start realizing that's where I can get my food from. So that's why it's like super important to practice like bear safety and keeping your food um, contained correctly so you don't make bears more aggressive towards people on the trails. Yeah. So Sequoia, I know almost all the trails there. I've done almost all the trails there, but there's, there's a couple I still want to do like Alta Peak. I want to go back and finish Mount Silliman. We didn't summit. There's another one called Twin Lakes. There's Precipice and Hamilton Lake. Those are long hikes. We had a friend, Jesus, who did, was it 30 miles in a day? Or was it 40 miles? 40 miles. Was it 40 miles? He did 40 miles in a, a long day. <laughs> this is a long amount. <laughs> he said, anyway, he said what he went with his buddy, and he said that when they were hiking back, they weren't talking because they were just so tired and done with the day. Yeah, I mean, you hike for 24 hours straight. That's gonna, That's what it's going to do to you. That's insane. I think that Sequoia is underrated. And if you do want to visit places that are not as busy as maybe Yosemite, you got Sequoia. And then in the summertime, you have Kings Canyon, which is open as well. Mm -hmm. And there's actually some cool hikes back there, not just the main drive. Yeah, and there's some cool hikes on that sh on that um, connecting road, too. Like... um. Was it Little Baldy and Big Baldy? Yeah. Yeah, those hikes are pretty fun. Um, once that opens up in the, like, the summertime, there's a lot more hikes to do in the summertime. Um, and especially if you've gone a couple times, like you can go exploring and find some really cool, like neat areas that you can get to yourself like most of the time. So it's really cool to go on down that connecting road and like just like literally you can pull out anywhere and there's like likely to be a hike right there that you can walk to. I also prefer just to be in Sequoia and Kings Canyon because it's less photographed. So it's brings more of a challenge to me to get photos because 
I don't have a predecessor who took photos of some of these mountains for me to reference. When you go to Yosemite, you've probably feel like you've been there if you've never even been there yet because you've seen every single angle from the valley. So for me, I'm making it, I make it a goal to take photos that nobody's ever taken before. That should be your goal anywhere you go. But going to Sequoia Kings Canyon, like I said, not many people go there in terms of photographers. It is photograph the trees. I want to photograph also the mountains. So I try to find different peaks on the western slopes that get me above to see the eastern Sierra crest. And I've gotten some of the best photos of my life doing that. It's been awesome because people are like, where are you at? And I was like, just Sequoia. And they're like, what? I thought Sequoia was just trees and just the small park. It's boring. You don't realize that 80% of the park is wilderness there. Yeah, no, that that wilderness is like we've barely touched it. Like we've we've like barely gone into it. But like the parts that we've been to so far have really been fun to explore. And it's oh my goodness, it's so beautiful back there. It's amazing. Um, just like being surrounded by the trees, and then like if the, you every once in a while there's like a, a little river or a waterfall or something, and it's just so peaceful back there. Uh, our Mount Silliman hike reminded me of the Wonderland Trail in Washington. So Washington is known in the summertime to be really green, wildflowers, like in late July. So for California, that starts a little earlier because we're a little drier and the snow melts faster. So ours starts in late May. So we did the hike and it was so green. I thought I was in Washington. It was waterfalls area, waterfalls everywhere, wildflowers. No, it was crazy. I loved that area because once you get to that get to that river and you go to the right right there the trees there's so many trees and they're so beautiful they're green um and then like hearing the hearing the water running while you're on this trail is so nice like if you just like stop talking for a moment and just like listen oh my goodness it's amazing and then it opened up to that meadow right there that was beautiful i i really love that hike i think that honestly might be one of my favorite hikes in sequoia I was going to say that we should take my skateboard out there and hike the road before everyone fills up on a log again, but I don't know if they're going to open the road early this year. No, it. I mean, especially with the storm that just happened, because we, there, it's been raining at least down here for the past, like, five days. I can't imagine. It's been snowing up there, and actually, like, all the, it's like all the roads have been closed up to the mountains everywhere pretty much right now, and then I think it's supposed to keep snowing next week too um so it's gonna be it it's gonna be a minute before though that opens back up i took a picture of me skateboarding through tunnel log last year and i want to get i want to get better no i want to take better photos of that skateboarding subject last year i wasn't as good at photography so i want to go back and retake the same photo but do it better <laughs> but i guess we're gonna have to wait a while for that one we should get a video of it too this time. Yeah, because I'm in the video now. So I want to do cool videos of it, tell a little story of me skateboarding through, even though I can barely skateboard. Yeah, we got to do it before the crowds though, because uh, we went that one time in the summer to tunnel log and it was so crowded. You had a line of cars going all the way back up this little hill. There's like a little hill on the way to tunnel log, going back up it. And then when you finally get down, you have to go to the left around the log. And then you can go through the log. But you, at the same time, so you got the people going through the log and they're taking pictures of their cars. 
And then at the same time, you'll have people every once in a while jump in front of the cars and be like, oh, take a picture. And so it is like, it is, it was a pain. We weren't even trying to get to Tunnel Log at that point. We were trying to go past and go to, um, was it Cre yeah, Crescent Meadow. Um, and we were like, are you kidding me? We kept trying to like pass, but like the road's so narrow that like it's only a one run, like a one car uh, road. So you can't like go around anybody. We had to wait until the, it got to like a little opening where we can like sneak through and go past. And then getting back in was hard because everyone was like, no, you're not going to cut me. Like we had to like push ourselves in because everyone was like waiting to take this picture in tunnel log and we were just trying to go through we were like we're promised we just want to drive through we don't want to like do this picture we've gotten it a million times so if you're planning to see tunnel log make sure you go probably not on the holiday i think that's what we went we went on a holiday and so sequoia was super busy and the line was crazy to tunnel log don't go on holiday <laughs> it's not worth it <laughs> so for you photographers or video people listening when you want to get the trees highly 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 strongly recommend using a wide angle lens i just got a wide angle lens after three years of visiting this park consistently and it's a game changer, right? I mean, you helped me get to the... Oh, yeah. You, you were taking more videos and pictures, and you were like, oh, you kept saying, I'm so happy I have a wide-angle lens. They used to be saying, I wish I had a wide-angle lens, like, all the time. Because it's extremely hard to get those trees all in one photo, and even with the wide-angle lens, it's still a little hard. You still have to bring it all the way to the ground and face directly up. That's how big those trees are, honestly. It's amazing. They're not just tall, but they're wide. Mm -hmm. they're huge that's like honestly you just got to go just for the experience of standing next to one of the trees and being like oh shoot this this is big it just it really is like humbling to see how much bigger these trees are than did you know that they're trying to replant more sequoias after the fire oh really yeah so the sequoia national conservancy i think is taking charge with this they work closely with the national park service so there was a fire almost two years ago now it was called the king's the king's something complex fire and it burned redwood canyon which was used to be the largest redwood grove in the entire world almost completely wiped out so they're going to hosting a vote whether or not to plant more sequoia trees in the park to repopulate it and you may think well duh plant more trees some people on the other hand are saying well, let's let nature run its course, let them grow back naturally, things like that. So that vote's happening, I think, this week or next week. It's kind of a big topic because if you start planting a bunch of sequoia trees, I mean, they probably won't get big until another 100 years from now. But that also does have a lot of impact into the environment. It's going to make it look different. Maybe there wasn't going to be as many sequoias we planted there. But the thing is, the reason they're thinking about doing it is because this fire wasn't as natural as the fires used to be back in the 1900s because there was a lot more brush underneath and the forest is more dense. So this fire burned a lot hotter than they used to back in the good old days. Not the good old days, but the old times. <laughs> but back then, we put the fires out really quickly because we didn't know back then that the fires were good for the forest. Yeah, it cleans it up. Cleans it up. Back then, the forests were not as close to as dense as it is now. 
you may think the environment's in trouble, the trees are in trouble, but the forest right now, on average, there is like 50%, don't quote me on the percentage, but there's like a lot more trees than there was 100 years ago. There's pictures of the forests in the same spot 100 years ago, way less trees. So the reason that it burnt so hot is because one, we live in California, it's a drought. Two, we have a bad beetle, black bark beetle infestation on the trees. So it eats the inside of the tree and becomes dry. And there's a lot of brush on the ground. So when the fire sees that, it sees fresh fuel to burn and it burns super hot, destroys the soil. So that's why that this vote is important to these people because they say, well, we've never had a fire like this. So we got to do some to help preserve this. And also they want to help keep this national park alive because without the trees, not as many people are going to visit it. Well, without the trees, a lot of things go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> not just like the people visiting it, but like right. the whole environment's just destroyed. But I remember before the fire happened, like um, when we went to the, we only visited the Red Canyon. Redwood. Yeah, Redwood Canyon, like once I think before the fire happened. And I remember like it being pretty, um, kind of messy on the floor. Like the, uh, there was a lot of brush and there's a lot of trees and there's just a lot of things all floor. And when you kind of see that stuff, it's kind of like, it's a little concerning because you're like, if a fire comes through here, it's destroying everything because it's going to catch on all those little things down there and then it's going to get up to those trees but sequoias they're very um they're very strong and very fire resistant i mean they'll still burn but like if you look at a lot of the trees in sequoia national park you'll see um these like black um they're they're called fire scars but they're these black things up the bark or like the inside of the tree will be kind of follow and you can walk in and step in it and like that's the sequoia surviving from the fire and like that's really cool to look at like you look at those things and you're like holy crap that thing survived a whole fire yeah the wood doesn't burn as hot or as easily as a normal pine tree would so if you are interested in visiting sequoia i do have a couple youtube videos on my nick amp youtube channel if you just look up nick amp the my face will show up and you'll see you scroll through there and I have a couple videos talking about where to go and things like that. So for this podcast, I think we're pretty much done here talking about Sequoia. I mean, I can go all day talking about every single trail and dissecting it, but instead of listening to me talk about that all day, you can go watch those YouTube videos if you want. Go experience it for yourself too. Go out there. Like don't just listen and don't just watch videos on TikTok or YouTube. Go out there. It's amazing. Like you're not going to get experience like that through the internet. So we have a couple more episodes after this that are going to be pretty exciting. We're having some big guests on that are going to be providing you, the listeners, a lot of value. They're experts in their industries in the outdoors. And for me, I'm diving more into video this year. I'm working as a filmmaker, running my own business. And it's exciting learning the video side because I was a photographer first. I was a video then I was a photographer for a couple of years and then now I'm back to video. Back to video. Yep. <laughs> so I've been telling more stories. And if you want to check out my Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, it's at the Nick Amp on Instagram and TikTok. My YouTube is Nick Amp. This podcast's Instagram channel is Nick Amp Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you're listening on audio, I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, 
all the main service providers. Lorelai is going to be on every episode that I'm not hosting a guest to talk about topical things, answer questions that you maybe you asked me on my social media accounts. She is technically not a photographer and videographer, but a lot of the videos that you see on my social media accounts, she's the one recording them, helping me take the videos, taking the photos. So she is a beast. She is just a very supportive girlfriend who wants to help me succeed. So Lorelai, thanks for that. What trips are you what trips are you hoping we're gonna go on this year? Um <laughs> I I'm I'm ready for the snow to go. I'm, if I'm being honest, I'm so tired of the snow. But in the summer, hey, I'm down for anything. In the summer, let's go anywhere. I'm so ready. Like I I wouldn't mind going back to Yellowstone, honestly. Bro, that was that was a fun trip. But also I wanna see new places. So we could go I know, Glacier, Glacier National Park. I'm down for that too. Let's go. Jake Fox wants to go. <laughs> yeah. Call him up. Let's go. So right now though, I'm going to rest some snowshoes for our next couple of snow adventures. <laughs> if, if you're still listening, thanks for listening and following along. We appreciate your support. And if you have any questions, you can DM me at the Nick Amp or DM me at Nick Amp Podcast, whatever one you want to do. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Later. <laughs>